0: Welcome into the 226th episode of the Young Terps podcast from the Viner Four Gates Studio. This is your host Mason Viner, joined by Todd Carton. Todd, a uh, lot to get to on the pod today. Uh, eight sports on the non-reverb board.
1: Yeah, I know. I can hardly keep up with them myself, Mason. So let's should should we just roll right into it? Yeah, let's go. Get right into it. uh, Starting
0: off with wrestling, who took the mats uh, up in Ann Arbor at the Big Ten championships?
1: Yeah. um, And uh, we'll start with just also the big announcement that Maryland will be hosting the Big Ten wrestling championships next year. Uh, So something for wrestling fans to look forward to. But, you know, I mean, This was not a great week for Maryland athletics. And wrestling, although they didn't have a great Big Ten tournament, they made incremental progress, which is what you've been sort of looking for uh, as this year has progressed. They they finished the meet with 24 points total. Uh, That's the most they've had in five or six years. Uh, They sent For sure, three guys to the NCAA tournament who have got Big Ten automatic qualifiers and we'll look to see. I think they'll probably send two more. So uh, that's a bit of an accomplishment. And and uh, Jackson Smith at uh, 197 got on the podium, finishing third.
0: Yeah, I mean, Jackson Smith been one of the stable pieces of the Terps uh, squad this year. And Todd, uh, looking at your notes, a lot of like the best since twenty eighteen best since twenty seventeen on
1: there. So uh, call it progress. I- I'll agree with you there, yeah, it's just progress. You know, you have to look, you, you know, I again, I've said this, I think before on the podcast. I look at what's the direction of a program under under a coach in their first three or four years. And clearly, there's, there's progress under coach Alex Clemson. So let's see if he had a great recruiting class last year. I think he's got another good one coming in and, and let's see if, you know, now Maryland has to start building some depth and, and guys that can compete.
0: They certainly do. Uh, over
1: to the other mats, the gym turps, the gym turps, that's right. Another set of mats. And, uh, you know, they went out to, uh, back to Nebraska where they had beaten nebraska head-to-head earlier in the season uh and and just i hate to say it man they just they just laid an egg they had by far not just their the worst of the season not just the worst in a while the worst the lowest score of the season and um you know that was a little troubling dropped them from 21st to 25th but they really bounced back in a big way they went up to Temple, and I don't know if your uh, brother would might have been there. I don't know if that's one of his sports, uh, but uh, they were they were up at Temple for a meet on Friday where they scored a one ninety six six, and then they came home on Sunday had Senior Day and nearly ticked off that one ninety seven that would really show the the progress and maybe move them get them in a position where they might be able to move into the top 16, uh, 6.95, which so you can't really get any closer than that and, and not quite make it, but they they're back up to 21st in the country uh, based off of those two meet scores.
0: Yeah, and as Todd mentioned, uh, the Terps just with a pair of matches or meets left this season, and then they'll head out to Iowa uh, for the big 10 championship, 36 teams qualify for the tournament, the Terps, uh, number 21 in the country right now, uh, over to the courts, Todd, uh, tennis was down in sunny Florida.
1: Yeah, they, they were and, uh, ended a, I think a seven match win streak after they had lost a few weeks ago to North Carolina, who was number one in the country. They faced the number 50 team in the country, at least according to the most recent ITA tennis rankings that I saw, um, and and the the Florida International Panthers, FIU Panthers, I believe they are. And you're a Florida guy. Am I is that right? They're the Panthers.
0: They're either the Golden Panthers or the Panthers, but
1: Toddy got the main part of it. <laughs> okay. Well, uh well, one thing we can say for sure is that there the Panthers weren't falling down in front of the Turps. They held up their end of the bargain and and swept Maryland out of out of Miami for nothing.
0: Yeah, and the Terps uh Move on to open up Big Ten play Saturday against the number seventy-second ranked Indiana Hoosiers. Uh, they'll follow that up with a match against number fifty-seven Purdue uh, Sunday, and uh, the Terps uh, on quite a bit of a road trip. Um, that is the first of six more road matches before Maryland comes yeah. back to yeah, College
1: Exactly, they had seven straight road matches, beginning with that match at FIU. They are literally competing on the weekends every weekend in March. They do not play a single home meet in March. Uh, have a single home competition in March. So um, we'll wait and see. You know they'll they they do get finally get back with a, another Big Ten match in uh, April the second. But we'll get to that. I'm sure we'll have a podcast or two in between now and then we sure will uh women's
0: basketball todd uh trip to the big 10 tournament but uh a win and a loss the terps fall to the eventual champions the iowa hawkeyes
1: yeah they the the terps got off to a really nice start uh they had the double bye they finished and there's a lot of talk of, everybody should be familiar with the talk of double buys in the big 10 tournament and uh, Maryland did have a double bye, went in as the third seed. They had been tied with Iowa. Both teams finished 11 and three, one to one, head to head. But Iowa only played Indiana once and beat them. Maryland, or no, Iowa I played played indiana twice was one and one maryland only played them once and lost so be, by virtue of iowa's better record against indiana they had the two seed maryland had the three and that maryland played a very much improved illinois illinois squad who was one and 17 in conference last year and finished 11 and 7 this year to give you an idea of what their coach did in in the, her first year um, and maryland what they did it was it looked in some ways a lot like the the game at college park where maryland trailed at half Time actually in the game at College Park, and then went on a massive something—I don't know—thirty-seven to eight or something run in the sec in the third quarter. They did something similar in this game and just kind of put the game away in the second quarter. Yeah, and then
0: the Terps uh, would face Iowa for a third time this season.
1: Yeah, Iowa got off to a great start. They got out to a, a, a an early twelve-point lead, um, but Maryland kind of scrapped back. Um, they they. We're within five at halftime. The third quarter was basically even. They were down by seven. Uh, the Terps got even at late in the game with a, a little over uh, two minutes to go. I think it was uh, 79 all. Iowa came down, found Gabby Marshall for an open three. Caitlin Clark had a drive and an and one. Suddenly they were down by six. Maryland responded with the scoring the next five, but they they then couldn't quite close it out and get over the hump. Um, I thought, as, as I said in my notes to you, Mason, um, I really thought that the difference between this game and the college park, the game in College Park, were, and the game in Iowa actually, was that Maryland played the two losses against Iowa in Iowa style and at Iowa's pace. Maryland has the the capability of scoring a lot of points, but they need to do it generating off their defense. And they don't they didn't do that here. They they, they just kind of played at Iowa in this one of these. It was a, a, a what a eighty nine to eighty four game, and that's not a game that Maryland is built to play this year. So so uh, I thought that uh, you know I mean great that they came back. I think if Maryland had won. That game on Saturday, regardless of the outcome on Sunday in the championship game, uh, they pro- they they had a good shot at taking the final number one spot because Utah lost to a very pretty weak Washington State team, and they had the number uh, four slot of the top four seeds. But uh, chances are Maryland will just hold on to it to a number two slot and open up in College Park with the first two games. We'll kn- we'll know when the selection show hits uh, Sunday night. Yeah, we sure will.
0: And and Todd, just quick shout out to the Iowa fans who broke multiple Big Ten tournament attendance records uh, over the last week.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, the tournament tournament was in Minneapolis, so that's a pretty short, relatively short drive from Iowa City. Uh, or a very easy flight, I guess. It's almost like probably like a commuter flight. And and they showed up. And of course, uh, you know, I, I can totally disrespect the state of Iowa and say, if I had a chance to get out of Iowa and go to Minneapolis for a few days, I'd jump on that chance too. Hey, I, I think Iowa City is a really nice place. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, like the, I like the Iowans.
1: I think the Iowans and the Iowa fans are, are generally pretty nice. And I have to say, they the, the one game that I went out there, or the weekend I went out there to, for three different events, they, they really treated uh, my buddy Arnie and I very, very well. Uh, friendly, open, everything you'd want from a, a, an opposing fan base. Uh, I was not impressed with Iowa City and I spent a lot of time in the state. Uh, there are a couple of place, nice places in Iowa, just like you can find nice places everywhere. But uh, I guess maybe I'm a little more of an urban boy. All right. Over to the baseball diamond.
0: Well, where Todd, it has been uh, less than good for the Terps over the past week.
1: Yeah, you know, Mason, I mean, you know, Maryland came in, I think, ranked as high as 13th in some of the preseason polls. And uh, Rob Vaughn certainly put together a schedule that was going to challenge them uh, when they they dropped. They actually came off of three straight losses here. They went down to first they went down to Mississippi, who I think is the defending national champs rated number four at rank number four in the country right now. And they surprised Ole Miss, the Rebels, in their first game, beat them 9-2, to two, won Jason Savico, uh, National Pitcher of the Week Award. But then they lost the next two. They came home, kind of got their, their footing under them a little bit in a midweek game against Delaware that they won relatively easily and then went out to another tournament, again, out in Minneapolis, the same weekend as, as the Big Ten tournament, and they played Ole Miss again followed by number seven, Vanderbilt, and then followed by a game against an okay Hawaii team. And they dropped all three. Um, Terps fell behind Vanderbilt. I was going with this was they. they, they, So that's a really challenging schedule. Those with excluding the game against Hawaii, you have five of your first 10 games against uh, top 10 teams either on the road or at a neutral site. So they're not even coming to your house to do that. So that's a really challenging schedule that Rob put out for them. So you wouldn't expect Maryland to get off to a great start. You would have maybe expected them to uh, beat Hawaii. And they had a a midweek loss a couple of weeks ago to West Virginia that was a little disappointing. And they actually... Fell behind, I think, uh, six to one, five to one, or six to one early against Vanderbilt. Came back and had a lead, had a seven six lead into the bottom of the ninth. And uh, unfortunately, And Rob Vaughn said, I take responsibility for this. He had Nigel Belgrave pitching and Nigel walk the uh, leadoff hitter. And he and Vaughn came out and said, I shouldn't have sent him back out for the ninth inning. And Vanderbilt scored two runs to walk it off and win eight to seven. And then the Turks just I don't know if they were had a little bit of a hangover from losing that lead or exactly what was going on with that. But uh, they came out and were just utterly dominated by Hawaii losing nine to three.
0: Yeah, turps got 4 and 7 on the season. That tournament up in Minneapolis was played at US Bank Stadium uh where the Vikings play. I, I didn't know, but uh, apparently in the original design, they built the stadium to be able to fit a baseball diamond in it.
1: Yeah, I don't yeah, I got I I got to tell you Mason, I didn't see I think BTN Plus actually streamed those games, but I didn't have a chance to see them because there was men's lacrosse, there was women's lacrosse, there was basketball, there was all kinds of stuff going on. So I didn't really have a, a chance to see it, but I heard that that uh, the configuration of the field was kind of strange, um, you know. Yeah, it was guess, a bit strange,
0: but uh, interesting facts to throw out there, playing baseball in a football stadium.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, well, they play football games in a baseball stadium, right? They play, have a, the pinstripe bowl in Yankee Stadium. And so, you know, I guess if you can play football, Ball games in a baseball stadium, you can do the same. And you're certainly not going to be playing baseball out of doors in uh, late February, early March in Minneapolis.
0: <laughs> no, no, you aren't. Uh, Todd, over to the lacrosse field, Terps uh, men's and women's team both take uh, top 10 losses at home.
1: Uh, yeah, that we'll start with the men. Uh, you know, they fell to three and two on the season. Uh, triple overtime. Uh, I think Wayne called it a thriller uh in in a text to me at one point during the game is it just before it went into the overtime he said overtime thriller or something and it was a thriller there's no question that it was an overtime thriller it was I don't think a classic game really something of a defensive struggle neither team I maybe they were affected it was very windy in college park Saturday and maybe the wind affected uh, uh the game somewhat um you know it was it was a back and forth game all day Mason
0: it was, and, and the Terps uh, attack again puts up a poor shooting performance at times uh, in the game, three for 20 shooting. Um, Terps just not generating from the attack line, but uh, the second midfielder for Maryland uh, generates a ton of offense.
1: Yeah, it looks that way. Uh, you know, I mean, the Terps shooting in general has been, you know, I think they had 55 shots total. In the game against notre dame if i if if memory serves from the sort of the final uh stats that i saw on this on the big video board at cq stadium uh you know and they only they only scored uh you know 12 goals and i think entenman had 12 or 13 saves so they barely put half their shots on goal but you know I, i said to some people and and very open about this. You got to think about it in perspective. When you spent the last five or six years and you've been watching Matt Rambo and Jared Bernhard and Logan Wisnowskis, three of the last four or five Tawaratan winners, and that's that's who you're you're running on through your attack, you get kind of spoiled.
0: <laughs> you definitely do. Um, I think the Terps uh, w- will continue to improve. I think they've already improved this season. Um, but, but the road forward does not get easier for, uh, still the number four ranked team in the country. Uh, Terps will travel up to, uh, Albany for a game on Saturday. And then, uh, next the following week, they'll take on the number one ranked Virginia Cavaliers, uh, down in Charlottesville. So Todd, um, you know, the opportunities John Tillman's always gonna give his team to beat some and play some great competition, but the Terps, uh, uh, schedule is not very easy
1: yeah it, it's not and and uh, I w- I do want to say on on this broadcast on this podcast Mason I just want people to know because a lot of people were sort of fr- that I've talked to were a little frustrated because Maryland against Virginia last year happened at Audi Field and people were feeling like hey Maryland gave up a home game for the big event at down at Audi Field on a n- more neutral site and now they're traveling to um uh uh, Virginia to play the the Cav the the Cavaliers and I have to say that I I know from hearing this directly from John Tillman that they worked very hard to reschedule that game at Audi Field but there were complications that. Prevented Virginia from being able to agree to play at Audi Field, so Tillman then said, "Well, we'll play the game down in Charlottesville." So, uh, but they did—they really did intend initially to schedule. They wanted that, that Audi Field thing, uh, event to become an annual event. Uh, so we'll move on and uh, we'll go to the the women's team who lost not only at home but they lost a midweek game on the road after they beat Florida 14 to 13. They came back and, and fell eight to seven to both James Madison at in, down in Harrisonburg and to Denver, who is now six and zero and has jumped up in the polls to number four, or number five. I don't remember uh, as the Terps fell out of the top 10, uh, but they lost by the same score eight to seven.
0: Yeah, Todd. This team right now is is struggling on the offensive side of the ball. Three and three on the season. Number eleven in the poll. Um, not the season, in my opinion, at all that many expected out of uh, Kathy Reese's squad. No,
1: but the the one the one solace bit of solace that I'm taking out of particularly the last two games is that although. Maryland is still struggling on the off, uh, offensive side of the ball. And all, And I think there's a book out on how to play Maryland and how to attack that, how to con- contain their offense uh, that that Kathy and, and Caitlin Phipps need to sort of coach their way around. Uh, but the defense looks like it's starting to shape up kind of the way you would want Maryland's defense to be and the way we expected it to be preseason. I mean, they've only given up eight goals in each of the last two games and, and um, Maddie uh, uh, Emily Sterling seems to be coming around in goal a little bit. She was much better against uh, Denver than she had been in the games leading up to that. She was just one under 50%, just the last shot that got by her. Otherwise she was kind of at 50%. So she's getting better. The defense is getting better. And that's where we really expected Maryland to shine early on. So, yeah, uh, I I 100% agree with that. That that
0: is an important thing. But, you know, when your defense is giving up eight goals a game or eight goals against two top 10 opponents or top 20 opponents, you're going to expect to win one of those games. So I agree with you there, Todd. Offense is letting the team down, but they'll, they'll find a way to, you know,
1: score 10 goals a game by the end of the season. Yeah, you hope so, Mason. I mean, right now I they, they just look a little kind of watching them play, they look a little disconnected. They try to force some passes. And in a way, like the men's team, they really lack effect an effective dodger. Uh, or or when they get a dodger, the the slide, the 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 off ball. Uh, weak side attacker or midfielder isn't getting into the space where the slide is coming from and doesn't leave a great passing angle.
0: Yeah, couldn't agree with you more. You know, you got to move well off the ball, especially in the women's lacrosse game. And and the turps just not exactly coordinated right now off the dodge, and, and that that'll kill you in in all versions of lacrosse.
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: Todd, over to softball uh, uh, I guess the lone or one of two bright spots uh, in in the non reverend port
1: yeah I guess I mean gymnastics you have to consider a bright spot uh, wrestling a, a slightly less maybe a 50 a, a watt bulb instead of a 100 watt bulb or something uh, but softball and as my my buddy Dan said at the at the uh, women's game lacrosse game on Sunday hey Maryland's become a softball school. Um, the the, the soft, softball team traveled down to Greenville, North Carolina, uh, to play in an East Carolina Invitational tournament, and they just dominated the tournament. They not only came out five and zero, oh, but they outscored the opponents by a collective uh, something like thirty eight to two, and and had uh, four straight shutouts. They had four shutouts in the first four games and and held uh, ECU scoreless in the fifth game, actually until the fourth inning. So their pitching was just dominant. Yes, it was. And and that, and that's a thing that will win you a lot of games in softball. Abso- absolutely. So, you know, I mean, the Turps had, had fallen out of the top 25 based on a, a rough weekend when they were down in, in Texas, the weekend before uh, they lost a couple of games, uh, they, to Baylor and to Minnesota. And, uh, so they, they came out of that tournament two and three and, and, uh, pushed them out of the top 25. I don't know if this competition is strong enough to get them back into the top 25, but at least it says that that coach Montgomery has sort of righted that ship and they, they're really uh, attacking the ball. Well, I mean, you score five, uh, 38 runs in five games, you're attacking the ball pretty well too, regardless of the competition.
0: Yeah, the Terps are. They're scoring uh, a lot of runs right now, and and a team that's just much improved over uh, Coach Montgomery's time with the program.
1: Absolutely. So they're they're they sit at fifteen and four right now, and they have uh, one more non conference uh, road swing. They'll go down to Lynchburg uh, for five games in three days. I think they only play Liberty once over that period. Um, I I don't have the schedule in front of me and haven't memorized it there's a lot of non-revenue sports to keep up with but I know they have five games in three days and then they I think have their first uh, home series the following weekend
0: yeah so the Terps are on a roll and we'll track them uh, as they get into Big Ten play Todd uh, let's flip it over to our main event men's basketball and uh, since our last uh, podcast, uh, the up and downs continue for the Terps, uh, a win over number 21, uh, ranked Northwestern about a week ago, and then uh, two straight losses to close out the season. And uh, I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. I, I was wrong. I, I thought the Turps would find the way on the road, but uh, they dropped uh, an ugly one against Ohio State and then just botched the end of the game uh, Sunday in Happy Valley.
1: Yeah, I mean... You know, Ohio State bounced back, has been kind of went through that huge midseason slump. They sunk to the bottom of the league. Uh, they bounced back and had a pretty good game the, right before they played Maryland, as I recall, uh, won a nice game at home and and they continued that momentum into um, into the game against the terps and the terps just did what Maryland does. They came out flat, got dug themselves a big hole, and they, they really never recovered. In the game at Penn State, this one was a little, was much more disappointing. I thought, in large part, Mason, because Maryland came out and played the first half in a way, again, that this particular configuration of Maryland basketball needs to play. They were aggressive on the defensive side of the ball. They held Penn State to their lowest scoring half of the season. They caused turnovers. They got themselves out to a, a pretty comfortable lead at halftime and you know that they built up to as I think as much as as 15 16 points at one point in the first half and had it even at 15 in the second half and then Penn State made the uh, inevitable run you've got to anticipate when you go on the road that the home team is going to make a run even if you're smothering them and Maryland I thought they lost their intensity on defense they gave up Uh, 43 points, I think, to Penn State in the second half. So they gave up twice as many points in the second half as they gave up in the first.
0: Yeah, Todd, just going to run you through some numbers here from from the TERPs. Uh, They shoot 23 of 50 on the day, 8 of 22 from three, 10 of 12 from the line. They out rebound Penn State. Both teams pick up 14 fouls. Penn State slight edge and assist, Penn State slight edge. Uh, in the turnover battle. Terps win blocks, steals about even. But going back to the shooting numbers, Maryland shoots 23 of 50 as a team, 8 of 22 from 3, 10 of 12 of the lot, from the line. If I gave you those numbers, would you, there's not really a thought in my mind that Maryland would lose that game.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely Mason. I, I agree with you. But here it's interesting because you, you mentioned that um, 10 of 12 from the line in the stretch run, Dante Scott missed a an absolutely critical free throw, one of the two yep. misses, right? These are at the end of the game. And, yep. of course, you mentioned the rebounding battle, and why did Maryland ultimately lose that game? I mean, on the final play, why did the final play lead to a Maryland loss? Maryland lost because, again, I thought they lost their intensity defensively. They left – Penn State's shooters open, and I think they they tightened up when uh, Penn State started making their run. And once Penn State got into got the lead under ten, it was a problem. But on that last play, what was the key difference? Who got the rebound? Was it Miles Dread
0: that got the rebound?
1: No, no, it was it was um, it it was not. It was, but it was Penn State. It was number eleven. I know. I remember it was number eleven. Um, and and it was a guy I think that Jameer Young had started to cover, and then he switched on to dread, and then he, nobody got back out to to box box him out. The guy coming yeah, in, Cameron off the yeah, Cameron Winter, yeah, okay. Um, and but you said Maryland had the edge in rebounding, but my point is that the key rebound, the rebound that they absolutely needed to get, they didn't get. Well, that is true,
0: and they didn't even need to rebound it. I was talking about this today. Um, with a handful of people. You just bat the ball away in that situation. You do anything you can to keep the ball out of the opposing team's hands. That's the rule in every single sport in that situation. The Terps, they don't block out. They don't, you know, you want to match up bodies on bodies in that situation. You don't do that, and you failed to defend the final play. Um, one more stat. Penn State only shoots five free throws at home. The Terps pick up 12, and they still lose. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, I— this is an understandable kind of road team disparity because basically how many three-point shots did Penn State take during the game? 27. And how many total shots did they take? 54. There you go. Half their shots were three-point shots. You're not going get, to get a lot of fouls. Uh, when half your shots are three-point shots but and they're speaking of of another one you know here's a guy who I have praised all year for playing within himself not making the the crazy bad the bad play and that was and, and that's Pat a million and he had a critical late foul also running out to foul a three-point shooter and we well, can all almost me- say the same thing I'm sorry, Todd, I didn't mean to oh, cut you off. You know what's oh, the, no, no. same okay. thing from Hakeem Hart? He's one for five on the game, he's one for five from three. One for five from three, just completely incomprehensible. How does Hakeem Hart never get to, to take a drive to the basket? You know, I mean, uh, just – but but as I say, you know, Pat had had that – Had you know, I mean, all he has to do is when he goes out at that shooter is go straight up in the air and not go forward. You know, and if the ball goes in, it goes in, but just get a contest. And then he gets a, it gets just like the worst foul he commits all year in that one game. And I, again, you and I were talking a little bit before we started recording this. And, and as I said, I really feel like if Maryland had won the game, had held on to win the game at Nebraska or had managed to complete the comeback at Purdue or had managed to complete the comeback at Wisconsin I think they would have won this game because I think you know we talked about the psychology of athletics, and you know it gets in your head. They're making the run. Here it goes again. It's going to happen again. And and that that is the fact that you start thinking like that is almost inevitable when you have no experience turning that into a, a, an asset for yourself and your a team. A win,
0: yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it goes. I think at every level of sporting, you know, down from your middle school and high school teams all the way up. If your teams don't win games in certain situations early in the season, or even if they can't find a way to pull one game out, those games later and later, they just get tougher and tougher for Maryland to win. Um, But luckily enough, and we won't spend too much more time on this, the Terps, uh, well, they don't have any more
1: road games. That's right. They have have just uh, neutral court games from here on out. You know, I mean, the disappointing thing is, you know, had they won, they probably would have gotten the double by, um, you know, and, and that can be helpful because then you only have to play three rather than four or five games. Maryland did get a bye and and it looks like they will play. Uh, they play the winner of Nebraska and Minnesota, I believe, and Nebraska's a yep. team that's playing really well right now in uh, so in the first game of the big 10 tournament and, you know, you got to say that Nebraska is probably going to be favored in that game uh, given Minnesota's struggles for the year.
0: Yeah. Minnesota a team that's playing much better ball at this time too, but I definitely agree with you. Nebraska is not really a matchup that I want to see uh, for the Terps. Ty, I know that's one that you've been watching since uh, Nebraska made the trip to college park earlier this year.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, again, I, th- this one, I thought the, the, the difference going to Lincoln was going to be a a difference in free throws. And I think to some extent it was, but again, I think that Maryland kind of tightened up. Maryland had that game in hand. That was a game that really Maryland should have won. It was a game that maybe the home court really helped Nebraska in that game. And maybe on a neutral court, Maryland, I think, Probably has a little more talent than Nebraska, and if the Terps can play within themselves, it's a they they should grab a win and maybe move on to uh, game on Friday.
0: Yeah, and the the Terps, um, unfortunately, with the latest spots in the tournament, with uh, getting the sixth seed in the end, they'll play uh, the last game of the day on Thursday, and then if they advance, they'll take on Indiana uh, in the last game of the day on Friday. Uh, we'll skip the NCAA tournament seeding the Terps uh, in uh, between a seven and a 10 spot, depending on where you look right now. But Todd, um,
1: getting down to it, do you see the Turps making a run in the conference tournament? You know, I uh, Mason, in some ways, I think they they have the capability of doing that. I Again, it's not a road game if they can get kind of over the hump. And get past these this sort of little psychological barrier. Actually, I thought Kevin Willard made some some questionable coaching decisions uh, toward the end of the game at the Penn State game. You know, he had Julian Reese off the floor. Uh, maybe maybe they get that final rebound if Reese is on the floor uh, in the, in the post. Uh, who knows? Uh, Pat Emelian really didn't give him anything. Uh, Dante Scott, Hakeem Hart didn't give them anything. But again, to come back to the Big Ten tournament. You know, Nebraska, I don't think is a terrible matchup for Maryland. And the the advantage that Nebraska will have is that they will have played one game. So they'll ha- they'll know the they'll be a little more comfortable with the arena. They'll have gotten the opening game butterflies out of their stomach. Uh, but then if Maryland can get by in uh, Nebraska, they'll have that same advantage over Indiana.
0: Yeah, and I, and I think that's one of those things you see is a lot in tournaments is, you know, the team that won from the night before comes out hot. Maryland, not necessarily the best team coming from behind, but I think they've shown uh, that they can come from behind and, and get competitive near the end of the game. I feel like there, there's kind of one of two ways that this goes. And the first is the Terps drop the game to Nebraska, which honestly seems to be the history of Maryland basketball and conference tournament play. Uh, the second is, I think the Terps can go on a run here. I, I like the matchup against Indiana. Frankly, I like the matchup against Illinois, Penn State, or Northwestern. I don't think there's many certain things in this tournament other than, I mean, even Purdue in that one seed, they're not playing their best ball right now. I think there's a chance to see Maryland playing on Saturday. I think there's a chance to see Maryland play, playing on Sunday, but also not very, uh, Great prediction from me. I also think there's a chance that the Terps are on a flight back home Friday morning.
1: Yeah, you know, I I just can't I can't go uh, against that sort of sense, Mason. This is this team feels in some ways like uh, one or two of Mark Turgeon's teams where where you felt like you know this team could could go on on deep on a, a a great run or they could just flame it out right away. You just never know which Maryland team you're going to get. Again, I, although again, I think if Maryland can bring the same level of defensive intensity that they showed in the first half at Penn State this past weekend, uh, then that they can roll a long way off of that.
0: Yeah, uh, last point from me on the Big Ten tournament. Todd, I got to say, you mentioned it, I would love to see Juju Reese play until he's got five fouls. <laughs> now, let's not leave him on the bench, especially in a tournament scenario. If he fouls out, he fouls out. That's just the reality of playing the game the way he does. Um, other than that, I'm going to make my prediction. Turfs make it to Saturday.
1: And I'm going to say they dropped that game against Illinois. Uh, you know, I was I, – I can't I, – I'm not going to argue with you, Mason, because that's kind of what went through my mind when I first saw the bracket. I said, Maryland can win the first two games. I think the third game in three days is probably going to be a little too much for them.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. So – Todd and I, I guess we see the same thing, which probably means it won't happen. Both of us have the Terps uh, making it to Saturday. We will be back here on the pod. Depends on how the tournament goes for Maryland. We'll either have a preview of the Big Ten uh, championship game out on Saturday night and then a podcast uh, after we see the selections for both the men and the women uh, on Sunday night. Todd, uh,
1: anything else to add? Uh, No, Mason. We'll we'll, – hopefully have a better week, or at least as good as the men will have a a slightly better week than the women did in in their tournament. And yeah, if you and I are on the same page, we should be arguing over something. But uh, I guess uh, we'll have to save that for another podcast.
0: Yeah, I'm sure we will on Sunday. And as always, thanks for listening.